What's up to all my freelancers and creatives? This is Nathan, and welcome to another episode of Freelance Jumpstart TV. Uh, I am here, but I am not here by myself with uh, the one and only Jane Portman. Jane, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here, Nathan. Definitely. Thank you for uh, coming to the show and just giving us your time. And I know you'll have a lot of value because everything that you produce uh, has value. Uh, just to give a quick backstory, um, I first uh, knew of Jane. Basically, I read uh, Nathan Berry's book, Authority. And when I read Nathan Berry's book, Authority, I started writing more. When I started writing more, I started looking at what other uh, freelance creatives were doing and how they were building authority online. And I found Jane's resources, and she had many things on a user interface and just design and just uh, overall business. And uh, she wrote a couple of things, and they were pretty good products. I purchased those. Uh, they were great as well. And uh, I learned a lot from her. So I just wanted to bring her on the show because at least every time I've interacted with her, uh, she's brought value to the table. Not only that, but she has a podcast, and I've been on her podcast, right? So uh, she's a great person at conversation as well, and uh, diving into how to go from uh, beginner to professional and how to, as a professional, continue to grow your business. So uh, that's definitely why I wanted to invite her on. And again, thank you for coming. But yeah, Jane, tell us a little bit um, about yourself and your origin story. You know, how did you uh, first start freelancing? Well, thank you for all these kind words, Nathan. This the story is definitely long. Nathan Berry's book is highly recommended, by the way. I also used it uh, a while ago to write my first book. So <laughs> it's a lot in common we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So freelancing, freelancing, it's, it's a long story. I've been freelancing uh, ever since I was uh, 16. I mm. was still uh, in high school uh, when I, I took up my first job as a junior uh, designer in a firm what, that was definitely not full-time. But also I managed to somehow juggle different freelance projects and they were really different uh, from, I don't know, designing packaging for local butter <laughs> producer to different little illustrations which i happily don't do anymore because uh, i don't i don't actually do great drawing but i did do that for a bit i did websites and uh, so i had different freelance gigs throughout uh, my college years and i also carried on with that job as well so by the time i graduated from the college i already had a lot of years of experience in that agency uh, a lot of freelance connections. And uh, in that agency, I grew up to a creative director by then. Mm. Uh, it was 2012. And that's the year when my first son was born. And suddenly I realized that I don't want to be in this agency turmoil anymore. It's really crazy. And being responsible for a number of designers just, just isn't my priority. I just want to do my best work on my own. And that's when I decided to explore this international thing <laughs> and uh, started uh, exploring this big universe of remote work that is available to everybody these days, which I think is a total miracle. Um, so what I did, I started up, uh, I started up at uh, Upwork, it was called Odesk mm -hmm, back at I that remember time. That. Uh, I spent like a year working there uh, and I made if, if you count in Russian currency, I made some decent money. So I made up the equal to my salary uh, as a creator director on Upwork. But I, I totally realized that the clients I find there, there are some good clients, but that's probably by accident. And most of, of people who go there want to be real penny pickers. And really, there is a big glass ceiling out there on Upwork. So uh, I decided to read up on the business side of things to... That's when I discovered Nathan Berry's Authority book and also a lot of readings by Patrick McKenzie. I read up on Joanna Weeb's Copy Hackers resources, how to write your website and sales pages. And I decided that I'm going to write my own book and level up my authority and never take up any Upwork client anymore. <laughs> uh, and uh, I wanted to make a minimum of $95 per hour after I write my first book. And that's what happened in, in the fall of 2013. 
Uh, and I had a natural deadline for that book because my second son was due <laughs> in, in October. Um, so I had to really, really go and publish that book before he is born. And that's what I did. I really cut short in marketing. But that was a nice start. And ever since, I've been I've been improving on that base. Uh, since 2013, I've written four books. One of them was for InVision. And that was distributed for free and brought a lot of people to my audience. Uh, another one is called the UI Audit. Uh, it's uh, for designing web, application, ha- web applications. It helps founders analyze, uh, you know, approach their UI strategically. And the last one uh, that we might mention today is called Your Productized Consulting Guide. It just went live a few months ago. It helps people master their productized consulting. Besides that, I also dabbled in SaaS a little bit. Uh, I just sold my first SaaS called Tiny Reminder. And now myself and two other awesome co-founders are working on a new SaaS product, which is called userless.io. I have a lot of hopes in that because my co-founders are truly amazing people. And um, it just seems such a valuable tool that we're building. I hope it's going to have a big future. <laughs> so that's a brief overview of what I've been doing. But in addition to that, there's a ton more that you can find uh, online and on my website. Jane, awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. And uh, Jane did mention something that is most definitely important. Uh, she talked a little bit about uh, it, it was it was a different name back then. Odesk, Upwork. Um, I used to go on the that as well as freelancer.com. I used to go there. And just a quick caveat because I see this uh, question asked a lot. There's nothing wrong per se with uh, using websites like that. However, as it t- pertains to you growing as a professional, Uh, One problem that happens when you use websites like that is you're compared to everybody else. Um, So if someone needs a freelance web designer like myself, then they don't inherently know the difference between everyone. And it just becomes, who can I get for the lowest price? Um, And as Jane mentioned, she did, you know, creative direction and she used that as well. Uh, It's just a lot of work you put in just to get work. So you'll be working and trying to advertise yourself and uh, answering messages and submitting bids. It's a lot of work to uh, not secure clients, right? So um, Jane, as well as myself, looked for different ways. How can I differentiate myself from everyone and get respect and earn respect from clients? And that's why we started looking at different resources like authority. So I just wanted to make that comment because... uh, those sites are okay, but at least in both of our experiences, uh, we found out we needed a little more and we wanted to restructure our business. And um, we started doing that. So yeah, I just wanted to make that comment. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, this is a question I believe you asked many people on your podcast, so I wanted to reciprocate it to you. Uh, how does a regular day or an average day go for you? Amazing. I, I've I've been musing a little bit, like, how would I answer that question if someone (laughs) asked me that? So my answer is there is no typical day, I guess, uh, really. One thing, I'm not an early riser, and I'm also not a productivity, you know, I don't know, guru. (laughs) I'm definitely very spontaneous about my activities. Towards the night, I usually have uh, podcast recordings and meetings because I'm in Russia and we have an overlap between the U.S. time zone at night. That kind of uh, shifts the the focus to uh, to the evening. So I try to do some exercise uh, in the afternoon before jumping on to the podcast. That's probably around 4 p.m. And what else? I don't have a strict to-do list in terms of my productivity techniques, I swear by my calendar. And if I need something shipped, uh, if I really owe something to somebody, I that goes on my calendar. That's my primary, you know, to-do list. And everything else, uh, I also have a, a little... Um, a little flat notebook that I scribble my podcast notes in. And I also use it sometimes for uh, putting together, you know, very uh, not digital to-do list. But that's more for extraordinary situations where you really have to uh, do like 15 items. But usually my strategy is uh, to just keep my obligations really low. 
I do client work, uh, but I try to limit it to just a few most awesome clients and uh, so that I can serve uh, the best quality work for them. And the rest is just working on my own projects, which usually doesn't have a strict deadline. Yeah, I'm very similar in terms of it depends on what I'm working on, which will determine how my schedule goes uh, for the most part. So I, I most definitely understand and can relate to that. I won't I won't trade that freedom for anything. <laughs> I can't imagine myself in a job like right now. And also I have two little kids. Um, they're um, four and five. And it's really hard to predict what's going to come up. Maybe we're going to do an expected trip. Maybe they're going to get sick. Maybe I don't know what. There are so many variables. So my flexibility and freedom is something I swear by. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, and. I think that's an advantage of remote work, the fact that you can uh, rearrange your life or vice versa, rearrange your business around your life. Uh, I think traditionally, most of the jobs that I've had, the job is there and the work hours are not very flexible. Therefore, you're trying to arrange your life around work. And honestly, it should be the other way around because if something happens with your family or if something happens personally, it is going to affect your ability to work. So that's naturally, that's how it is. But oftentimes when I've worked for different companies in the past, these are the work hours and there wasn't much flexibility. And I, I, it just becomes difficult to say, I need to visit a doctor. I need to go to the doctor. Now it becomes a whole ordeal just because I have to see the doctor in the morning, but I'm supposed to be sitting at a desk. You know, uh, remote work, you can see a doctor, and then get right back to <laughs> and then get right back to work because exactly <laughs> because you have the freedom and the uh, flexibility to change things so that is a huge advantage and that that really is where the uh, work and job economy uh, is going uh, more remote work not necessarily because they can't find people locally but more so uh, flexibility and it does lower costs as well so. Uh, for any managers listening, for any uh, directors listening, for any uh, vice presidents listening of different organizations, if, if they are listening, uh, that's definitely something to note because that's not going to change and it's going to be uh, actually more frequent. People are going to desire that and they see it as a benefit. So yeah, quick, quick sidebar there. But yeah, no, any thoughts on remote work that you have? I have a th I have a tip that helped me a lot in in freelancing uh, side of my work, which is avoiding strict deadlines with clients. So I, as much as I can, I try to avoid saying that I'm gonna send it over by Tuesday, because we all know it's gonna be Monday night when you sit down, <laughs> and and usually it's like make it or break it night, uh, and it causes you so much stress because you might just be you know feeling bad that night or kids factor or something else and that brings stress even though one day it will probably not really matter for the client what they value is your quality work so i'm trying to always give vague deadlines like <laughs> next week or something like that uh, i know that probably makes me less disciplined a little bit but at the same time that eliminates a ton of stress in the daily life yeah most definitely uh you said it very well. Um, that's a reality, and that's something uh, people need to think about and consider. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so going from there, uh, and that was a warm-up, if you will, an introduction. Just wanted you all to learn a little bit about Jane if you're not familiar with her work already. But, again, the main reason I wanted to have her on the show, like I said, she's very talented. I could ask her many different things. Uh, but she did release something. Uh, it's called Your Productized Consulting Guide. And I won't spoil <laughs> I won't spoil it by saying all of the details, but uh, this is something that I knew I needed to do uh, in my business. And um, I just I just really hadn't done it because I think I was continually doing client work. I didn't have the time to sit down and really craft out a plan. And um, as I was thinking that in the back of my mind, uh, you know, Jane releases this guide and I said, oh, wow, she's releasing exactly what I've been thinking about. So uh, as soon as she releases it, yeah, I'll buy it. And I bought the book and it was great. 
Uh, the book is not super long in terms of it's 300 pages, 200 pages. No, it is uh, quick information you need just in time uh, for productized consulting. And it's very applicational. So if you read the book, you can probably come up with your um, productized consulting services that very same day, if not that very same week. But, uh, you know, we'll dive into a little bit what I'm talking about. So let's take a step back in here from the expert. Uh, how would you define uh, productized consulting, Jane? Well, there is no, you know, dictionary definition, but I would say that productized consulting is the way of, of selling your services, of your consulting services um, online uh, in a shape of fixed price, fixed scope packages which allows you to shift the focus from um, from hourly billing towards value-based pricing and also gives this makes you an attractive hire because uh, fixed fixed price packages always look attractive for cl to clients especially first-time clients who are who are scared to hire you and nobody thinks about that but not only you're afraid to do work but they're afraid to hire you as well no, awesome definition, I'd say. Uh, and you know, Jane is 100% right. I know, I guess you could say how my pricing evolved in my business was, well, first I didn't know what to charge, so I made up the price. That's the first thing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what to charge. Let me just make it up. And then I started talking to other creative professionals and finding out I was charging too low, you know, for the very same services they were charging higher. So I said, let me increase my prices. But then again, you know, you hit another... A roadblock if you will at least I did when it it was uh, fixed pricing versus hourly because some people were used to hourly pricing um, so then I wrestled between those two then it was uh, value-based pricing for me but most of the time value-based pricing was a custom quote every time and at least for me it was uh, I guess it might be a very high cost or it may it may be perceived as a high cost so a client used to come to me and say, Nathan, I need a website. We have meetings. And I say, this is the price. Now, I might give them choices. I say, here's, you know, option number one, option number two. But it was just one price. And as Jane spoke to a little bit, there was nothing to warm them up to how I operate, um, warm them up to uh, how my business functions. Uh, do I even do good work? They couldn't test me out, if you will. And um, productized consulting speaks to that, and we'll, we'll get a little bit into that uh, more so. But yeah, so we have a, a general definition of productized consulting. But I wanted to ask you, uh, how did productized consulting change and impact your business? Because I don't know if you had a similar story to what I just mentioned uh, in terms of your pricing journey, but how does productized consulting impact your business? Uh, productized consulting for me was just like a gold mine. <laughs> and uh, to give a little bit of a background story, uh, it was the end of 2013, I think, when um, Nick DeSabato uh, launched his draft revised service, which was uh, A-B testing monthly monthly the keyword is monthly here and uh, patrick mckenzie uh, wrote a big tear down of his sales copy to a huge audience of his uh, in a huge article and i read that and got very inspired so in the spring of 2014 i launched my only my own monthly offering which was called correlation monthly creative direction for SaaS companies and it became quite a hit and moreover, it was a monthly thing. So I had a handful of clients, let's say you know, three to five, and I came, uh, I returned to, to each client every month, uh, did a little bit of work for them. Um, and then they had a month to implement it. And then we got back together again. So I had a handful of amazing clients uh, on retainer, essentially. And uh, not just that, but because of that rise of popularity, um, that became a signature service of mine and I got featured in a few articles and that helped me get traction. So it was, you know, mutually beneficial for both the format and the impact the format uh, brought to my business. So for about uh, maybe a year or a year and a half, I was just bathing in that 
uh, amazing um, recurring revenue <laughs> and <laughs> great clients. Seriously, what happened that is that I burned out because um, because I took up uh, a chunk of non-recurring work that overlapped with recurring clients and I just really burned out and quit everything which was probably not very wise to do and my husband was like you must be nuts to refuse all this amazing money (laughs) and I'm like yeah but I'm really tired I need to work on products Uh, so that's what I did Nevertheless, uh, that was an amazing, amazing experience and I highly recommend uh, experimenting with monthly services Yeah, definitely Uh, you are correct uh, there's both sides of the coin, as you mentioned. Uh, monthly recurring revenue is somewhat of a goal. It helps you uh, plan better. You know exactly what's coming in. You know what you can depend on. It creates a little bit of security. But on the other end of the spectrum, as you mentioned, you are expected to fulfill and do um, that specific job or scope of work every month. So um, then... It's great to have incoming revenue. However, it may be never your work is never ending, if you will. So, uh, you know, there is a certain balance that you need to try to obtain to that. So having a mixture of recurring and other things uh, definitely is helpful just to any creative that's out there. So, yeah, I'm glad that had a great impact on your business. And Jane also mentioned Nick DeSabado, who still has uh, his site. Um, draft revise and he has he added a few more services but he does a great job of that uh, he but we'll dive into that because she speaks to that and gives an example of it in her guide but yeah Nick DeSabado does has a great site where he outlines his services and kind of epitomizes productized consulting and uh, I'll put that in the show note just so people can see it as a reference or as an example of how one person is approaching that but, you know, great resource, and he does produce uh, good work, at least from what I've seen. So I wanted to ask this as well. So productized consulting had an impact on your business. You gave us a definition and everything. Uh, that's perfectly fine. Uh, so if someone is interested in getting started, I'm pretty sure they're curious as to say, where do I begin? I mean, productized consulting okay, fine, you're offering your services at a fixed price, great, but where do I begin? How do I even discover what things should be um, a productized service? You know, where does someone begin? Awesome. So there are a few few sides you can approach it from, and you're kind of approaching it from a few different uh, standpoints, but they all have to be defined in order for your productized consulting thing to be strategic. One of them, you need to figure out the audience you're serving. Um, and I always recommend to start with an audience because because it allows you to just do everything in a much more focused way. You can write sales copy in a more focused way. You can shape your services much better. Um, another thing is to think about the range of services you're going to be offering. So it's not just one service we're talking about. You can have a uh, services page on your website and offer a range of things to pick from, like a menu in a restaurant, which is going to make you very easy hire because people can pick what can they afford, what they can afford. Starting from, you know, two or three hundred dollar consultation call, uh, strategy call, uh, to some smaller packages, to larger packages, and so on and so forth. So nothing exists as isolation. And um, and there is a number of things you can do to figure out what exactly you should be productizing in your business. And that's most likely something that you do most often, something that you enjoy the most, something that you want to keep doing, uh, and, and uh, something that you like, well... Mm, Something that you like doing, again, once again, it's probably very important. Um, so in the intersection of those lies, and, and it should be the portion of your work that brings the top value to your client. So there might be some organizational things that are just convenient, but some of them might be your core wisdom. And uh, strategically, you should focus on that. That is... Uh, considering what exactly you should be packaging into your service. So these components are are the main things, and you kind of can start brainstorming it from several directions, but it all boils down to 
a service offering which has an audience, a price, and what exactly you'll be doing. Jane said a couple of things I want to highlight that are very important. Um, she mentioned one thing, uh, and it seems like it's a no-brainer, and it seems like, well, of course, but Jane mentioned when it comes to productized consulting uh, and you're developing you know, services and you're trying to figure out where to begin, it has to be something you want to keep doing, and it has to be something that you like doing. Uh, that is very important. That's even a principle I talk about in my uh, book, Freelance Jumpstart. But uh, the good thing is you have to like to do it. Uh, there's plenty of things people can do to make money, but if you don't like doing it, it's just going to end up in burnout because you start to see that your joy, your happiness, or your energy, um, it's not worth doing it even though money is involved now you know right now i don't have this business at all but i could easily start a uh, lawn care business i can easily start a <laughs> lawn care and landscaping business i just need to get some of the equipment or rent the equipment and i can easily do that there's many uh, landscape businesses that are successful however if i don't enjoy doing that even though i'm getting paid it's i'm going to give it up eventually so that is important, uh, the fact that you like doing it. So this is you have full control to decide on uh, what service you want to offer and make sure you enjoy it to a certain degree. And uh, not only that, Jane also mentioned that it's top value to your client. Uh, I would think the service that you're offering is important to the clients that you serve. Um, on a previous episode, I interviewed Justin Jackson and he spent a lot of time talking about we serve our clients, we serve our customers, and we have to think about what's important to them. So if we get too caught up in, oh, productized consulting, it's a great way for me to earn income. It is, but you also have to determine what's valuable to your client and how that overlaps with what you enjoy doing too. So I just wanted to make that quick comment. It seems like it's a no-brainer and it's an assumption, but I just wanted to say that out loud just so that uh, we understand where we're going and why that's important. So Jane mentioned that, and I just want to highlight how important that really is. It is a great point. And actually, that also expands to the clients you serve, because you've got to serve the people who you enjoy interacting with. Otherwise, it's going to be it's going to be a problem because you're going to be just not enjoying the process again uh, because they might be not speaking your language. They might be operating different business values and so on and so forth. Yeah, great. Yeah, great highlight. Great highlight. So everybody take note of that for sure. Um, you mentioned a few other things in talking about uh, where to begin with uh, productized consulting. Uh, I know you mentioned a recurring offer, something smaller, building up to something larger. Uh, I wanted to ask, since you're already set up and using Productized Consulting, is there anything that is used more often than others? Like, you know, for example, um, what are the specific services you offer and what gets used the most? I know you have a, uh, a coaching strategy type call, if you will, and you also have a few uh, set prices for people to work with you and get certain things. But if you could... Yeah, walk us through the services you offer and what is what is used the most? What are people finding the most popular, most value? Mm -hmm. Great question. And actually, after I published the book, uh, I was like, but I should probably revisit my own line <laughs> <laughs> because um, it, it, it makes sense as it is now. But I, I wanted to, you know, make the fix the fix the things that weren't working for me, for example. Um, I found my my signature package right now is called the UI audit. Um, it has two packages and one of them is, uh, I think, I don't remember the price today, something around $1,700. And there is a premium package, which is uh, over $3,000, which includes hands-on work. But as I did more and more client work, I sold a lot of premium packages uh, last year, like, like a lot, <laughs> and I implemented all of them. Uh, and more often than not, I noticed that there is, um, there is, of course, a bias towards action 
in such packages because you get I get to have my hands on the on the UI. I get my hands uh, dirty in Sketch and I draw it up. And then, um, but clients still feel that they're paying for for the audit, which is analyzing their existing app. And there is a little bit of mix between understanding this. Maybe they would like to have less audit, more action, or uh, less action, more audit. <laughs> and I just realized that shipping that within the same service is probably not a great idea. So right now I'm working on uh, removing the premium package from the audit and leaving just uh, the plain plain thing um, as the audit, uh, which is a written report about your uh, web application. And putting together a bigger package, uh, I don't know the name exactly, but with, 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 uh, by, with shift towards action, with actually... In plain English, it would be something my take on your existing UI, <laughs> which is this mm-hmm. like slight redesign with improvements. But I'm still uh, there's still a lot of work to to be done on the actual language and what is going to be included there. And I've been doing that for different clients and calling it two days of work. Now that's just horrible <laughs> because that's not a way to ship your most valuable work uh, as two days. Of course, two days is much better than 24 hours, no matter how much you charge. Uh, but still, two days doesn't sound super attractive. So that's the change in my packages I want to make. Uh, another popular one is the consulting call, uh, the strategy call, uh, which is which has the top value uh and i just increased the price by hundred dollars because such I, no- calls, I noticed that <laughs> such calls are super draining for me uh oh. it takes me like an uh up to an hour to review the ui before we jump on a call and then it's just entirely energy draining for me to give all this advice in real time which is amazing for founders i love helping people but it takes half a day <laughs> to you know to restore that energy and mm. then i spend a little more time to write a recap. So that's definitely more than actual hour that I claim. So I just increased the price from 300 to $400 to reduce the number of that just because it's not very sustainable for my business. I'd rather do something else for um, $3,000, let's say. And I love uh, what is happening as we're talking uh, Jane has been using productized consulting. She has found some success with it. She is continually using it in her business. But as she just mentioned on this podcast, um, she changed some of her pricing and she's right. I, I'm on her page and she did change a few things with, with the pricing. But not only that, she mentioned when she was working out certain offerings uh, and if it wasn't practical, she has the freedom to change them. So as she mentioned with the strategy call, it was an hour, but she spent time preparing for the call. That might be something that someone's not thinking about. Somebody might be thinking they want to offer a 60-minute strategy call as well as an entry point. That's great, but um, it would be wise of you to look over the person's business and prepare. You can't just turn on um, your uh, Skype or whatever you want and turn it on and then just talk to someone. You could do that. But if you don't prepare, the call might not be the best value for the client. So she spends time preparing in addition to the call. So that means she probably needs to change the price of the offering, right? And she can maybe even communicate that if she wants to. She can write down, um, it's not just the call. I spend, I invest time prior to the call so that uh, when we talk, it is uh, of most value. She can say that if she wants to. But I just wanted to note that as well, the fact that when you do set up productized consulting, it it can be changing, right? As you interact with real clients, you can see what needs to change and tweak different things. So, no, thank you for just being transparent and saying your thoughts out loud because I think there's a lesson even in that. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad. I hope that that is useful because nothing is truly set in stone and we can always iterate on what we do, especially in client work. And it, it's always helpful to revisit your sales pages because the more clients you interact with, the more material you have about uh, the way they behave, about the misunderstandings that might arise, about the questions they ask. And so all of that deserves some place on your sales page. Right, most definitely. You're, 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 you're right on it, I, I would say. And uh, so just wanted to 
clarify one thing. So you said some of your more popular packages, and I'll use the words you say in your guide. Uh, and Jane does a great job outlining uh, what these things are, and even gives estimates of pricing. But uh, you know, I remember you you walk through a certain section, and you say maybe you need to consider having a strategy call, and then an entry point gig, which is uh, something that they can see a preview of how you work. And then uh, from there, a recurring monthly service. Again, a smaller, tiny gig. Uh, and then leading down to a training offer. And then finally, your largest offer or your Mercedes offer. I remember you talked about that. <laughs> uh, right. But you just mentioned strategy calls, and at least for you specifically, uh, strategy calls, and um, as well as, uh, I don't know, do you count what you just mentioned, the custom UI audit? In your case, do you count that as an entry point gig or is it more of an advanced offering? What do you count that as? Um, it, it's hard to clarify, but it's definitely the, the top value package. And I think uh, the founder, once they did, uh, once they had this audit with me, they can just go ahead and do everything else on their own. So uh, it's not like, it's not super entry point, but there are a lot of people who stay and ask for additional work down the road from that. So it could be an entry point. Of course, it eases the conversation. It's the first stage of our client work. It can stop at that or we can continue. Yeah, great, great. And I wanted to highlight this as well so that uh, it's definitely not overlooked. There is value in, there's a lot of value in advice. Uh, some people would say, oh, yeah, you know, sure. But no, there's a lot of value in advice because the right advice can save you tons of times and the right advice can make you a lot of money. Uh, I remember on a, I listened to a different podcast from, uh, it was Sean McCabe talking about advice he received from Nathan Barry. And he said the advice he received um, netted him over 50000 more dollars. Right. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the right advice at the right time can be a huge difference. But also the wrong advice, <laughs> the, the wrong advice, well, I, I would say it like this, the right advice at the wrong time is still wrong advice. So <laughs> um, speaking to someone to get clarity on what you need to do is good. And I like how Jane outlined, you know, the UI audit is what needs to change. But if you want her to actually dive in and make those changes, that is technically a different service. I don't know if you want to leave things like that going forward, but uh, I just wanted to call attention to the fact that there's value in your advice in knowing what to do, as well as value in doing the work as well. I think many times, at least for me, when clients ask for something, they put those two together or they expect it. But as a freelance creative, you can separate the two and price accordingly. The biggest thing I run into with web design is most people say, oh, Nathan, you do websites. Great. Uh, can I talk to you? Can we meet? They put web design and web development together. They assume that if I make a design, I will build it out. I have the ability to, but they're not the same service. They're, they're technically two separate things. So uh, if a client ever says, oh, that, whoa, that's, that, that price is somewhat expensive for a website, you may want to outline and say, those are two different things. And I'm bringing them together because I'm knowledgeable of how to do it. But uh, yeah, so I'm just trying to highlight, don't undermine your value. The advice you know is just not important, if not more important than actually doing the work because as Jane creates an audit, she can do the work or they can pass that on to their team and they can do it and it makes their job easier. So I just wanted to highlight that. Have you noticed um, that in your business as well, that people sometimes group those things together? And uh, is that the motivation of why you separated it? Well, there's, uh, there is a bunch of reasons why I'm thinking to separate them. One of the reasons is I think that some found, well, I love the audience of founders. Um, I, they're just my best peers and I'm founder myself. So when they 
come to me for, for some work, I want it to be top value for their money. And sometimes I can just feel that there is no need for extra writing right here. We can actually do the work. Uh, so uh, I understand why they might not be willing to purchase some audit, <laughs> whatever it's called, but they would just rather purchase the uh, some more actionable package. And the other, the other thing I wanted to mention in, in that regard, while we are brainstorming that, I think that the packages should be super clear in what you're shipping, uh, and it's of course uh, it's of course great to 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 op- to to offer tiers, but at the same time you should not be mixing you should probably not be mixing different types of work in a single package. There is an article in my blog which is uh, about Sean D'Souza's pricing. And we met, uh, and I listened to his talk at Double Year Freelancing Conference in Stockholm last year, and it just turned my world upside down, <laughs> because the way he suggested we should price our online products is by uh, including just two tiers, a very little apart, uh, a very small amount apart, uh, something and something with a bonus. And you know that differs dramatically from a classic pricing, which is, you know, tiers that go like uh, 1x, 2.2x, and 5x, mm-hmm. which were suggested by Gumroad a few years ago. They were gold standard. So when you're selling a digital book, for example, you're selling a book, a book with uh, worksheets, and a book with worksheets and a bunch of other things for th- <laughs> $100, let's say. And in his method, the... The package with with the audio interviews and everything else just didn't fit in there because it it should be an absolutely separate package if you're including uh, you know your own consulting services in there. So essentially, he was advising to make everything super simple and not mix and match like that. So that brought a little shift to my philosophy. And of course, everybody is free to pick the model that works for them better, and you can always test and figure out. But I think that definitely is behind of the reasons why I'd like to restructure the packages, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. It does, most definitely. And I understand that for sure. I think I, I've seen many pricing pages. They tend to follow the same layout or template. You're going to see three pricing options, and they're always going to highlight one of the options and call it the best value, and mm-hmm. they're going to be different in price. Uh, I see that a lot of product pages. And people have come to expect that. However, as Jane mentioned, you you are productizing your services, but you don't necessarily have to do it in that manner. You don't, you know, you can simplify it for people um, and steer them towards the more popular choice anyway. So if if there's something that you see as a creative that you want to do, even though you have a high value offering and you have a mid tier but you just like doing the mid-tier and you've mastered how long it takes, okay, maybe you should just build around the mid-tier. It's the mid-tier and then a little bonus. You know, that that would make things easier for you too. You know, so um, I know when I've done different pricing tiers in the past, I always had the more expensive option. And though I enjoyed uh, the more income from a higher option, it also took me longer to do. <laughs> so... Um, that's something to think about as well. If you, the time that it takes or the time you're going to spend on a certain project, um, maybe you can change things to move it towards something that's more efficient, I guess you would say. But okay, yeah, awesome. I also want to still, and I'm sorry, did you have something to add to that? Uh, there is an article about those pricing methods. I, I spent like two days writing it and I, I poured my soul in it <laughs> to explain uh, Sean's approach in the best possible way. So if you could link to that in the notes, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I can do that. And that's, like I mentioned, that's another reason why I wanted to have you on the show is uh, you're an awesome writer and communicator. Um, so in you think things through. You're, you're you're writing things from your perspective, but it's not just fully opinionated. You always have some type of uh, logic in which you walk people through how you got to where you are. So I do like that as well. I've also noticed on uh, your pages, the the ones that have your services. I think you've done a great job in writing. So what I mean by that is. 
And for those wondering, uh, some of the references that I'm making, some of the things that we're looking at, it may be different by the time you're listening to this episode. But what I'm referencing is uibreakfast.com slash services. This is what I'm referencing when I'm talking. Um, right now, it's been pretty straightforward. Uh, you have the title, you have a short description, and on many of the services, you link to a page that goes into more depth and more detail about that particular service. So how did you arrive at that? Do you find that works? I also see on this page you say people have any questions, they email you. So um, you mentioned this is one of the more popular pages on your website. Have you found this to be efficient, the short description linking to a deeper page, or do people tend to email you a lot and ask you questions about this? I think people primarily figure out on their own because the goal number one for everything that you see there is to make things clear to the reader whoever it is and i think there are two kinds of people who visit it one is the potential clients and the other probably larger audience is people who want to get uh, an idea how i do things to get an idea of my pricing so that they can go ahead and do their pricing better than it was before uh, so uh, it, I think it's that's one of the reasons why it's popular. And everybody just likes seeing prices. Uh, and I think putting pricing on your site is a great strategy because it's the most powerful psychological anchoring mechanism ever. Putting a label a price tag on your services puts you somewhere um, in people's ecosystem in their mind. And if the price isn't high enough, that puts you somewhat on a pedestal even if it's not really affordable for their current project. So um, the the format that I have there, a uh, list of services with brief descriptions, uh, just worked out well with time. Um, the MVP for each new service is just a paragraph. So you don't have to create separate sales page for each service. I actually have separate service pages for um, for the consulting call, for the strategy call, and for, for the audit, I think, as of right mm -hmm. now. Sure. Because those need the most explanation. And everything else, we can just play by ear and people can email me about it. For example, the the Mercedes offering that I have, starting at $8,000, which is uh, group coaching for creative teams, um, I don't, I have never sold a package. Even though the package stems from an actual episode of my, uh, you know, client work, that when when I did put together such proposal, that's when uh, the price tag appeared. Uh, but I never sold this package, so why would it be? It's not very viable for me to spend, you know, weeks polishing the sales page for it. While as for the audits, I'm selling them all the time. So putting together time, investing effort into polishing the sales copy, exp explaining everything, then it's a totally viable effort. So, and the sales pages themselves, they follow the classic model, which is, you know, pain, dream, fix. <laughs> and um, they just explain what I do. And that's totally necessary for packages like the UI audit, for example, or the monthly creative direction that I had before, uh, which is called correlation. Mm -hmm. Because there is no golden standard for it. You need to explain what's, what's included and what is not included and what the deliverables are. Uh, so there is no better format for that than a long-form sales page. And I like that. Uh, and what I'm referring to is the brief descriptions that get to the point. I just like how this page is laid out. Um, it's the title of the service, brief description of what you will get for the most part. And on some of the services, it does go deeper and it has a longer landing page. As a web designer, I like that because... There's SEO benefits, right? There's an SEO benefit to the page. It's the long form page, but there's also another benefit to the services page to where it's linked to. So I like that. And um, But the biggest thing I see here is from a, a user journey standpoint, it allows people to self-select. I remember when I uh, was early on in my freelance career, there was a big debate about should you list your prices on your website or not? Should people contact you and get a custom quote? Or should you just flat out say what the price is? And I think this is a happy medium between the two um, because it allows people to self-select. As Jane spoke to, 
if you're on the page and you're looking at 60 minute strategy call at least at this date it says 399 you know how much it costs you know what you're going to get you, you you can do your own research if you will there's no debate there's no conversation there's no discussing you know what the price is and then it's just a matter of are you willing to pay that or not and then she moves on to her other offerings where the price is explicitly stated so for different founders and different companies they can budget accordingly and they already know uh, what it is and they don't have to wonder or go through the action of setting up a call or waiting on an email response just to get an answer so yeah I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm highlighting this because there's a benefit to listing what your prices are sometimes uh, it's better to know what the price is even if it's high because a fixed price, a fixed high price is often better than unknown deliverable with the someone who builds by an hour and you never know how long it's going to stretch with them. Even if they're, you know, low, if the, even if their regular rate might be lower than mine, for example. Yeah, that, that's, that makes people nervous sometimes. And <laughs> an example I had in the past was uh, I just wanted to try a test. I was trying to figure out if hourly pricing was better than flat rate and vice versa. One time a client asked me to, for something. Uh, I wasn't sure about how long it would take because I really was doing this to help them out. It wasn't really specifically what I normally do. And I gave them a choice. I said, here's a flat rate price or and here's an hourly price. You pick. And what did they choose? They chose the flat rate. Oh, great. <laughs> and, and even though I had an hourly rate, it, it didn't. I, internally, I knew in my mind my hourly rate. Um, it didn't even take me an hour. I think it took me 38 minutes to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I'm saying that as an example of the client shows the flat rate. And, and the flat rate was actually higher than what it would have been, you know, hourly because it took me 38 minutes. But right. um, so even if it was minimum one to two hours, it's I still made more money with the flat rate. But the reason I'm bringing that up is the client chose that option because they knew what it was going to cost. And, and you just pointing out the biggest drawback of hourly billing, which is you're getting punished for being effective, which is horrible. <laughs> true, true. The only way around and, that is to do like maybe a minimum amount of hours. But if you do a minimum amount of hours, now it's somewhat becoming a flat fee again, you know? Right, so. right. Exactly. And since you asked about, you know, the presentation of, of the services page, I would love to give a great example, uh, which is EtherCycle, a Shopify agency by Kurt Elster. And they have the same approach to their services page, but it's uh, it's a grid with a little bit more visual treatment. So you can go there and explore it if you're curious. Yeah, she's right about that. Uh, and I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, it's ethercycle.com slash pricing. And uh, yeah, the way the page is laid out, they actually have quite a few services. Uh, I think it's nine, and but they're listing it in categories. They're saying these are the services we have for if you're trying to set up your uh, Shopify store, and then they go on from there. Okay, these are the services if you want to market your you know Shopify store, and then lastly, if you want strategy. These are the services that fall under strategy. So it's the same logic, but they've just categorized um, their specific services. So, yeah, these are nine different services. And based on what stage people are at, they come here and they choose. And that's the biggest thing, at least I've learned in reading uh, what Jane has written and some of the other resources online about productized consulting. It's you're just creating choices for the client to choose what's best for them at that moment in time. So allow them to choose. So many times, I mean, I've done this. So many times I tried to steer a client towards what I felt was best for them. And, and there's still some of that, you know, maybe you talk to someone and you say, okay, I think the next step is you should choose this. So there's still some of that, but honestly, if you lay things out clearly, let them choose. Because if the client chooses on their own, then they have to defend the decision that they made. It's no longer about you making the best recommendation. It's, hey, did they make the best choice? And now that decision falls on them. Like I said, you're there to coach them and guide them, but now the decision is purely on them. So uh, there's a benefit in that. And that's something that I'm trying to do more of to say, 
the client has to take a certain level of responsibility. I'm just going to help them make the best decision, but ultimately it is their decision. Uh, one awesome thing I want to highlight as well is I read the guide that Jane wrote. It was very efficient, very straightforward, uh, plain English. You can understand everything. She gives examples. She talks about her business as well as EtherCycle and a few others uh, that are using productized consulting. And it makes sense. It really makes sense. And she even walks through how she wrote some of those uh, longer form landing pages. And it makes sense. So for those who are wondering, should you use productized consulting? I say a definite yes. Not only that, but like I said, I was thinking about it and it was in the back of my mind, but I never did it. But when I got Jane's guide in my hands, that was the catalyst for me to make <laughs> my page. And I actually have a page now. So my services page is inspired by everything that Jane mentioned you know, on this episode, as well as everything that she mentioned in the guide. So I got value out of it and I've been freelancing for, yeah, eight, eight, about eight, yeah, eight years, eight, nine years. I've been freelancing and I just never did this. I knew about it. I was aware of it. I just never did it. But the guide made it plainly clear what I needed to do and I needed to do it soon. I think for me, I fell into, <laughs> I fell into the trap of perfectionism. I wanted to make all of the long form landing pages first. That's that was that's what I was thinking. But I know Jane, you advised just get a page up, get it up quickly, and you can build out the other stuff later. So uh did you did that happen to you? Because I'm kind of a perfectionist, so I was trying to build all the landing pages first. But your guide was like, just bi- just build a services page. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to hear all of this. Uh, I, th- I think everyone is somewhat profession- uh, perfectionist, especially when it comes to our own sites, because there is never time to do things properly in the like we would love to have them in the ideal world. So iterating somewhat uh, in stages is the best approach to that. So I hope it works for other people, too. And, you know, the reason I wrote this book is because I just had so much to share in the topic. And Honestly speaking, it didn't really align with my product strategy because, you know, I've been following my books. My audience is SaaS founders. I have services for SaaS founders, SaaS for SaaS founders, <laughs> and I have books for SaaS founders. And I know that I should keep going, but just last year, I gave a talk at WR Freelancing Conference, and I realized that I, I need to put this down in writing and share it with people. And I'm super happy to hear from you that it, it helped. Someone said it is like a paint by numbers solution and i sincerely hope that it is like that for everyone yeah so definitely uh makes perfect sense (laughs) awesome (laughs) and uh yeah i fell into the perfectionist trap but i'm glad you did have a lot to say on the topic and you distilled it down to a place where people can take action like i said um if you wanted to attempt this in a day you could but I remember the guide, I bought the option that came with worksheets. So even if you want to put more thought into some of your product offering, you'll walk through that as well. So yeah, most definitely. Jane, I wanted to ask you a question. This is like one of the um, one of the final questions. Unless you have anything else to add, uh, please feel free. I tend to ask everybody. So um, the question is this. If you were to type out an email and send it and this email travels back in time to your younger self uh what would you say and you can determine how long ago the email is sent back Uh, but if you were to send it back to your younger self what were some of the things you would say and you can speak to productized consulting or anything else that you've observed in your uh you know design a freelance career it's an amazing question and Frankly speaking, that kind of implies what I've, what I should have done differently. But I think I've been doing things pretty well. <laughs> Probably the the reason why I did that is because I seeked business guidance quite early. I didn't waste time uh, just working hours and hours on Odesk. So, I guess. The advice for everyone, not just myself, I kind of follow it, but um, build your own platform, 
your your website, your blog, your authority as early as you can so that you can practice that and you can gain traction over time. Because I see so many amazing designers out there, they might be, you know, hired by someone and they just totally ignore their own identity while they could be investing a few hours here and there into building their own stuff online. So whenever they decide to make a career shift, they suddenly have online authority. But there is no way you can hack that suddenly thing. The time factor is always there. So the earlier you start to write, to speak, to put yourself out there, the better results you're going to have. Wow. And I, I echo those thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I just went back and re-listened to uh, Gary Vee's book, uh, Crush It. Mm -hmm. Because he just released a newer book called Crushing It. So it's, it's kind of like, it's, uh, I guess you could say it's the sequel, if you will, after you, after many years have passed. I think he, I think it's been nine years since he wrote that first book. So, um, and yeah, even the first book he wrote nine years ago was saying personal brand, personal brand, build authority, build authority. I wish I had done that earlier too, um, but uh, at least I finally did it. But I really wish I did that earlier too, because but I didn't understand it. Back then, I was thinking, I need to portray myself as this larger company. I need to portray myself as a business or a web studio. Or, but it's yeah, there's really a lot of advantages to that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, that email. If it went back in time, that's what you would say. But for anybody listening, what Jane just said, though you know the email theoretically won't travel back in time. What she just said, that might be what you need to hear and what you need to do today. So even though she's speaking to the past, this is something you can apply today, uh, right now. That probably includes an email list. I totally forgot about that. But email list <laughs> yeah. comes attached. It, it's it's a part of the platform uh, as a very essential tool, right? <laughs> I'd say so. Start building up a, a list, if nothing else, a list for... Uh, people who are interested in what you're doing, they may become a client too, right? Um, or you just, don't, you just don't know. But it, again, you're just uh, nurturing your list to stay in contact with them so they're aware of what you're doing. Well, Jane, thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with us and just share some of your thoughts on productized consulting and sharing a little bit about your life and what's going on in your business as well. Uh, I thank you for being uh, transparent and honest. And yeah, you're, you're a great a person to speak with, um, you know, you, and you're very relatable, I would say, uh, like you highlighted the fact that, hey, you do have a family, but you're still moving forward with this. So it is possible. So uh, it is possible to do this and pursue uh, this as a career. And you're a prime example of that. So again, uh, thank you. Thank you for that. I'm thrilled to share. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, i also say this, uh, where can people go and we mentioned this a little bit throughout the episode, but where can people go to find you online? My homeland is uibreakfast.com. So you can find everything from there. And I also have a special discount for everyone who's listening to us today uh, for the book. Um, and it is uh, Jumpstart 20 to get 20% off any book package. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that as well. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. The whole Jumpstart 20. Uh, I would say if nothing else, uh, every creative definitely needs to have the productized consulting guide just so they can read over it <laughs> and reevaluate. If you already offer it, reevaluate what you're, what you're doing. Or um, if you haven't set up a page like that yet, you definitely need to take the time to do so because you'll start seeing, and Jane gives examples, but you'll start seeing there's many people doing this. And they're not doing it exclusively. It's something they're doing in addition to some of the other things they're doing in their business as well. So it's not like productized consulting is the end all. It's something they're adding that enhances everything else that they're doing. Because even now I'm talking to Jane, but um, she still has client work. She still has different SaaS products she was working on and she still has her podcast. So it's just something that enhances everything else that she's already doing. And um, I, I see that as an advantage for me as well, and which is why I bought the guide and I added productized consulting to my product offering as well. It just, 
um, helps me be a little more well-rounded in the services I'm offering different clients. Awesome. Fantastic. So yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you all for listening once again. Um, definitely check out the show notes and uh, see all the resources that we referenced in this episode, as well as uh, uibreakfast.com, where, uh, where Jane lives online, and you can check out all her resources there. Well, thank you, and I will catch you all in the next episode. See you.